0: Thank you, Rod. Thank you. Hey, ata marie, it's a Good morning, family in Christ. Um, And what a fantastic thing to meet here on a long weekend, as I understand you're in a habit of doing. I commend you all for being here, being part of a shared event. I think a wonderful way to get to know um, broader family in Christ here in Christchurch. I am speaking, it is a privilege to be here today, I'm speaking from Psalm 30, which should be coming up in a moment, here we go, oh I need to press advance once, there we go. I'm speaking from Psalm 30 and I've chosen the psalm because the last 14 months have been pretty challenging for me. I have spent most of the last 14 months recovering from long COVID. And in the psalm, as we've just heard, David speaks of healing. He speaks of seeing the Lord's provision in a challenging time. So I've chosen to use this psalm as a a template for our reflection today on what David has experienced, some things from what I've experienced, um, some observations generally. Needless to say, this will not be eight easy steps for dealing with any kind of suffering. That does not ever happen. Um, But also, I want you to know, I'm speaking from a particular situation. In light of that, before we start looking at the psalm, I'd just like to have a quick look. Oh, darn, they're all here at once. Thanks, Colin, who's going to sort that out for me. Um, I'd just like to have a quick look at some patterns of suffering that we see in Scripture. So the first one, you can keep track in your mind. The first one, we're good to go. We think, oh, I'm not good to go. This is not happening. Oh, it is behind me, sorry, right, thank you. I'm looking at the screen at the back, we'll get there. The first one is when we see suffering for wrongdoing. It's probably the first thing that comes to people's mind. The big, big example across the Old Testament is that for 800 years the people of Israel were warned by the prophets and didn't heed their instruction and ended up in exile. At an individual level, if you persist in lying, stealing, dishonouring God, and treating people badly, it will catch up with you. That's our first one. Second is suffering for doing right, which perhaps might be better called suffering love. We see this in the Old Testament prophets who suffered in their loving obedience to God. Jesus mentions this in his teaching, and the greatest example Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, what Jesus did himself. We know that suffering can be a context for character growth. That's mentioned in um, a lot of the New Testament letters. And in a related note, suffering can be a context for people growing in the use of their giftings. So Joseph, as a teenager, was pretty obnoxious when he first had those dreams. And he went through a big process of suffering to come to a point where he could use his giftings well. Moses had something similar. The man born blind, we are told, his suffering was not for anyone's fault. Jesus mentions that it's revealing God's glory, but in terms of his experience going through it, what a relief to know it wasn't anyone's fault. The brokenness of the world is at play. And of course, Job cries out to God again and again, and his answer is, you're not getting an answer. We are told by the narrator that an enemy is at work, But Job himself doesn't know why this has happened. I would like us to pause for a moment just before we begin and take a look at that list. I think it's important pastorally to recognize this and our need for sensitivity and to be led by the Spirit. My understanding, last time you gathered together, Rod gave a message, I've read the notes, on the Trinity and the importance of the Spirit's leading in pastoral care. Commend that to you. So, with this in mind, we're going to go through blocks of um, of the psalm. And the first block, David starts at the end, praising God. And depending on your cultural and personal background, this might do your head in that it's not in chronological order. It's not a problem for David. It's not a problem for the ancient Hebrew mind. Things were ordered to emphasise the meaning. And in this psalm, it seems David really wants to emphasise praising God and honouring God's goodness. And Again, a note to you on that. If you're here today and you've got some tough stuff going on in your life and you've chosen to be here and come and meet with God's people, I firmly believe that when we choose to honour God, choose to meet with God's people, choose to praise the Lord when it's hard, when we're in a difficult situation, we have an opportunity to give some of the most beautiful and profound worship we ever give our Lord. So if that's due today, please hear that. In the next section, David calls others to join him in praising God. He calls on the community. He's not content to do this alone. Um, And as we begin here on this section, um, a week before I got sick, I came up to Christchurch and picked up this very, very cute puppy Um, One week before I got sick with COVID, I live alone. So having a company of this very, very cute little puppy, thank you, Ashley, um, has been amazing through that time. And I see the Lord's provision in that. That's something I want to share with you. If anyone really wants, or any of the children, really want some puppy love after the service, she is actually out in the car. So let me know. A recent workplace survey, I'll go back to you, that a recent workplace survey that I had a chance to look at got people to rank the things that they thought contributed to their well-being. And the two things with by far the lowest average score were community and spirituality. It was a secular survey, so spirituality was a catch-all term. I think David would challenge that. Those are two things that take investment to see fruit. But I think David would challenge that, he's calling to the community and he's remembering to be grateful to God, and certainly I would challenge that. In the last 14 months, community and my faith have been invaluable to me. So I have had the lovely lady who lives not far from me, who every couple of months has a big party and people round for meal, and the next morning she turns up with a plate of food that lasts me for two or three days. I have had in my community those people who are gifted in listening, and I am so grateful for that. I have had many people in my workplace community and my church community saying they were praying for me. My nephews came round and stacked the firewood for me. Um, I've had this big range of people, and in my workplace and in my church, people who are gifted with a legal mind or administration, who have helped ensure that I've got my full entitlement of sick leave. I'm so grateful for the breadth of skills and giftings and community where everyone has something to offer. And yes, it does mean getting along with other imperfect human beings. And yes, if you ever encounter a situation of suffering, you will get some people who say some stupid things to you. Um, That, I can't give you much consolation other than to say that is normal. You will get some people who say some stupid things, but we need the body of Christ. I've also been immensely grateful for the investment of spiritual disciplines and regular Bible reading and prayer. And then the thing which is sheer grace that the Lord has spoken to me so much through this time. Um, I know it doesn't always happen like that, but it has been sheer grace. The Lord has really, really been speaking to me profoundly over the last 14 months. In relation to this slide and community and spiritual disciplines, I want to share another story. Um, Earlier in this year, a couple in my church had something in the newsletter, a request for something. It was something, although I was sick, it was something easy for me to give them. I got in contact and through the conversation, it turns out that the woman is a specialist And she's a specialist in neurological symptoms, and not only that, she's a specialist in exactly the type of neurological symptoms that I've been dealing with. She very generously gave me some free sessions whenever she had a um, cancellation. Those have had the exercises she gave me, which were tailored to my exact situation, have been dramatically important, dramatically valuable in my healing. And that came about through this contact with the community and this lady's generosity. I'm immensely grateful. Okay. In this next slide, we start to go into the depths of David's situation. We think, it seems most likely, that the context of the psalm is 1 Chronicles 21 which is when David, in his pride and arrogance as a king, decides to have a census of the nation to prove what a great king he's become. And a plague follows, and he cries out to the Lord. And just as where he cries out and has a sense of the angel of the Lord stopping, later became the site of where the temple was built, which is maybe why the notes on the psalm say it was used in the dedication of the temple. That's David's situation. The thing I want us to notice here is that he had a moment when he sensed abandonment by God. He sensed the absence of God. You hid your face. This is David, who's famous. He's famous for his intimate spirituality and relationship with the Lord. He was famous for that then. He's famous now. And he had an experience in the midst of his suffering of feeling abandoned by God. I'd like us to notice that as we go past. David then cries out to the Lord, which is the right thing to do. He cries out to the Lord for healing, for help. Um, He then says, what profit is there in my death? Maybe seems a little manipulative, I don't know, if he's trying to bargain with God. That may be an, an interpretation here. Another possibility is that In this situation, his purpose is being refined. He's being brought back and refocused on what's really important to him. He's saying, Lord, this is my purpose. I want to honor you. Please enable me to do this. In the midst of his suffering, he had this realization or a refocusing. In the middle of some of the worst of my symptoms, a thought popped into my head, and I want to share it with you today. It's quite a confronting thought. I think I will find it confronting for the rest of my earthly life. So my symptoms were primarily neurological. My brain forgot how to sleep. I could not sleep without two types of prescription medication. I had huge difficulties with screens, lights, um, headaches, nausea, stimulus was uh, too much for me, dizziness, those, those were my symptoms. Some days, if I didn't sleep well the night before, early in the morning the symptoms would start spiralling up, they'd just get worse through the day and there seemed to be nothing I could do, painkillers seemed to make no difference. I couldn't use screens, when that happened I couldn't read, I couldn't knit, I couldn't listen to a podcast, I couldn't listen to music, I couldn't have light. I lay down with my eyes shut and waited till 8pm when I could next take the medication and try and pray for a better night the next night. In the middle of one of those times, the thought that came to my head, my key purpose in life is to be loved by the Lord and to love Him in return. And I can still do that. My key purpose in life is to be loved by the Lord and to love him in return. And I can still do that. said that's a challenging thought, a confronting thought. I think I will continue to be challenged that for the rest of my earthly life. But this morning, how well do you know That this is the bedrock of your identity. The core of who you are is to be loved. Your core purpose in life is to be loved by your Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. How well do you know that? How well do you live and dwell in that place of knowing that intimate relationship, of being invited into the intimate relationship, the loving relationship of our triune God? I'll leave that one with you. The last section of the psalm, David finishes where he starts, with praise. Praising God. And in this we see again that the way he has structured his material communicates a message. So I think the st- structure of the psalm is something like this. He starts praising God. He calls to other people. He goes into that moment in the depths of his own suffering. He calls out to God. And then he finishes praising God. The whole of his situation is encompassed and held in a recognition of God's goodness. And remember, in the middle, he wasn't aware of that. He had a sense of abandonment from God. But even so, he writes a psalm knowing his situation, the depths of his pain and his distress, and his cries to God and his call to other people, the whole of his situation is encompassed and held in a recognition of the goodness and love of God. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we have sung your praises this morning. We have asked for your love to be written in our land, in our hearts, in the hearts of all people. We ask your love be written in our hearts that we would be ministers of your grace and that we would love you in return and this morning Lord I bring to you any in this congregation, any who are here who are finding a really hard time at the moment Lord I ask that you would speak to them and minister to them you would protect them protect their heart, mind, body, soul bring community around them Lord your love in their lives as we've already prayed we acknowledge those in our um, in our communities the people we know who are suffering lord we bring them to you and the suffering in our world we bring that to you and we thank you for your amazing good purposes that will be brought to fulfillment in the resurrection, and we pray and we seek your kingdom come, that they come increasingly now. Lord Jesus, we love you, we praise you. Amen. Thank you. You'd uh, like to stand to your feet, we'll uh, do our last song, which is uh, a bit of a modern take on an old classic. So, Be Thou My Vision, um, which I'm sure we probably all know and love. Uh, but this particular version was um, rewritten by a guy called Grant Norsworthy. And um, he said, Him and his wife, they just really love this hymn, and they're like, It's so good, but it just feels like it's missing a call to response. And so they wrote a fourth verse for it. Um, I'll just say the words now so you're aware of it, Um, but I think it's beautiful. It says, Be my compassion, my love for the poor. Break my distractions so I can't ignore the least of your children, the ones you adore. For by them, Jesus, I worship you, Lord.